the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here it is. It's the third hour of Backbone Radio on this November 20th, 2022. Just a big blanket thanks for all of the brilliant callers this evening. We're back to the phone lines once I say a few words here in a moment. We do have a line open, 303-696-1971. Big thanks also for the text to studio, which I've been working into the program as we've been going along. And I thought I would just make a little vignette here about uh, hall monitors, the hall monitors in our political discourse. And you know what a hall monitor is. You know, the kind of annoying so-and-so that's out there in the hall and telling you that, oh, you can't be walking that fast in the hallway. You can't be wearing that in the hallway. You got to get back in your classroom. Um, Yeah, that kind of person. Um, I would just submit to you that somehow I just was thinking about this driving into the studio tonight, that so many, maybe even most of our commentators, left, right, and center, that you hear out there are of the hall monitor function. That is sort of where they feel comfortable and where they feel safe and where they feel useful in their commentary on the current political scene. And um, I just tell you that 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 is like something that I is kind of foreign to my nature and foreign to my approach to commentary in the sense that um, the hall monitors out there are the ones that want to go around policing you if you deviate from the narrative or if you say the wrong thing or if you make them uncomfortable in some way or, yeah, yeah, question that established narrative to the point that they find that uh, is getting, is making them a little bit nervous, a little bit concerned, and they get, they get sort of unsettled by it, and they want to somehow police that. And they want to, you know, rise in their position of power as hall monitor and rein all that uncomfortable stuff in. Do you know what I mean? And I suppose I can't be too specific on all of this, but, um, you know, the hall monitor type, which maybe you could say is like almost like the prison warden type, the person that guards the gulag, um, that they, uh, they're they like, you know, maybe certain prisoners get uh, get a little bit of a glimpse of power. They, they, they become the hall monitor. You know, you're, you're in the prison too, but if you can become a hall monitor, well, you just, you're a little, you're a leg up on the other people. You're a leg up on the other people in prison. And, um, and you can exercise that power by reinforcing what the power people say you're supposed to do, what the people in charge say you're supposed to do and say you're supposed to say. And you can, you can reinforce the guardrails. So you've got to have guardrails in our discourse. And um, you, have, you need a whole host of people out there that are going to somehow rein everybody in who wants to stray from those guardrails or say stuff that's like a little bit out of bounds or like a different way of thinking or a different way of approaching, you know, the current political scene... 
So it, it gives these people like a feeling of power to be a hall monitor. And it makes them feel comfortable and it makes them feel safe. And something psychologically in them gravitates to that position, like a, like a, like a feeling of, uh, of usefulness. And yes, they get to, and I just had to text the studio, <laughs> um, hall monitors are just self-righteous to me. It, it, gives, gives, it gives hall monitors a chance to, to proclaim, yes, their self-righteousness. And they, they are really in line with the, uh, the power elite narrative. They're, they're, they're in line with the people on top. And you know what? They might even get rewarded for being in line with the power people. They might sit around like with an expectation of being rewarded for being a really good hall monitor. You know, like if you do your job well as a hall monitor, you might get some kind of a, like a Scooby snack. Yeah, you're going to get a Scooby snack if you do your job as a hall monitor. We'll, we'll give you a Scooby snack. And some people like that. Some people revel in that. And I just, you know, sometimes I think when you're, you know, you're, you see people on TV or, you know, you're listening to people and you're just, and you're like, you know, you're being scolded. You're being told that you're bad. You know, it's like, do you, do you want to watch somebody or listen to somebody who's like scolding you and telling you that, you know, you need to go back inside. You, 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 you've got to go back inside and sit down, sit down and you got to be a good boy. You got to be good. You got to be a good girl. Yeah, that's what that's what you have to do. That's what's important is to uh, to reinforce these guardrails. And you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't want the hall monitors to be to be nervous. And it is amazing to me that you know sometimes even ostensibly Republican people they they jump into this um, to protect the establishment narrative, which is so antithetical to what Republican voters want. Or the interests of Republican voters, the interests of the middle class of this country, the beleaguered, assaulted middle class of this country up against the big multinationals, up against the big, big globalist money and the globalist entities. And uh, somehow, like some of the people, they, they want to jump into that breach and, uh, and help reinforce what the power people want at the expense of just, you know, the, the average people tuning in, listening, watching television, you know, getting their news and their information. <laughs> and so, anyway, there's a certain mindset, a certain psychology of the hall monitor. And I just, I submit to you that it is rooted in fear. It is fear. Like, these people um, have some fear of truly being independent and truly being confident and truly standing on their own or truly assessing the lay of the land or assessing events and putting things together and making connections and seeing the power involved in shaping these narratives that control people's minds and control people's livelihoods. And they don't quite understand that, you know, maybe people don't want to live in a gulag. Maybe people don't want to like live in a prison. Maybe people don't want to have like a hall monitor like bitching at them all the time if they think a thought that is like deviant or something, right? So there's there's a fear impulse there and um that comes down to, you know, oh the expectation of a, of a reward or a Scooby snack. So if I'm afraid on my own, I'm afraid to stand on my own, and then I can say this stuff that helps like reinforce the guardrails, then maybe I'm going to be rewarded for that. And maybe I will get uh, credit for that. And maybe somehow um, that will increase my own potential to increase my own power as a, uh, as a commentator, as a person in this world 
on this planet. <laughs> anyway, I think um, I think there's that strange impulse in a lot of people to uh, defer to authority. Does that make sense? To, to not really question authority, you, you defer to it, you bow down to it, and it's like sometimes it's on these unconscious levels. And there's like this weird impulse in some people to want to, um, yes, to defer to it and accept authority, accept the legitimacy of authority that is actually, in my opinion, not legitimate, not a legit deal. A lot of these people on top, just not legit, folks, and pointing this country in the exact wrong direction. And, you know, you could say some of these people are the people that, oh, they don't like mean tweets because mean tweets make them feel uncomfortable. And, um, of course, that's uh, that was Trump's forte, mean tweets. But, again, they would never quite put it together that Trump's mean tweets are him responding to attacks, him responding to provocations, him responding to incredibly grievous, unjust, full-throttle, below-the-belt attacks and him fighting back. It makes some people uncomfortable to fight back. It just... You know, hall monitors don't want people to fight back, and they don't. They, they want everybody to just sort of take it because you defer to authority, you bend down to authority, and anybody who's not bowing down to authority, um, well, they want to pile on, because, and they feel secure that they can do that because they're backed up by the people who are on top, the people who are in power. It makes them feel, okay, it's safe and it's comfortable now, and I can go after that bad person who is maybe tweeting mean things or saying mean things and not respecting the people on top and who, you know, isn't just wanting to just, you know, take the body blows um, without... Uh, without saying something about it. Does that make sense? It's, it's partly fear. It's partly the, the desire to, to have... And all these, all these texts are coming in that I should... Uh, <laughs> uh, um, it's about power and greed, a texter says. It's not about fear as much as about power and greed. The hall monitor mistakenly thinks the elites will give them power if they just behave. Yeah, see, the behaving. You've got to behave. You gotta behave or else, you know, the hall monitor is gonna come out there and scold you. You don't want that, do you? You know, you don't want that. Trucking right on along with Dwight Yoakam channeling the Grateful Dead there. And yeah, I hope we are clear on how I feel about hall monitors. <laughs> Thanks for the text to the studio checking in and even adding input to that, uh, to that little monologue, which is just, you know, one of those off the cuff things. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting here hosting a show and stuff starts popping into your mind and they start, the synapses start moving. And pretty soon you start talking about hall monitors. Like, where did that come from? I don't know. But anyway, hopefully at least elucidated something worthwhile. But you never know around here now, do you? At any rate, uh, I'm off to the phone lines here in just a second. But um, in fact, let's just get right to it. Uh, the great Holly is here. We got a line open, 303-696-1971. And uh, Holly, Holly in Aurora, howdy, welcome. Hi, not great. I'm not great. You're not great. <laughs> I'm just a listener. Oh, no, no, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> but but I agree with Brian. You and, you and Randy are, I think, your brothers. I think you guys are brothers. Well, I uh, really do. Oh, well, that's just nice of you to say. And, you know, we each do our own <laughs> thing, but sometimes we come to, like, very similar conclusions about... Uh, yeah. How to save this place? How to save this republic? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, yeah. and we've got to we've got to do um, what Casper uh, is showing us. Somebody's got to finally listen to him because I know that um, when when you take on such a great big mountain like uh, Diane Deget 
and prior to her, uh, Pat Schroeder, uh, you know, those people are socked in deep and Casper didn't care. He just he just delved in. You know, Casper Stockham is he is a true fighter and he never, ever gives up. And he is yeah. just so spot on, and I've been able to get to know him and talk to him quite regularly for many years. And, you know, you know, you have some setbacks, you have this and that go on, and he's in there, and he's a military veteran, you know, and he's in there looking for, all right, how do we fix this? How do we fix that? How can we move forward? And yeah. all he's just, he's such a wonderful presence in Colorado politics as Casper Stockham. I can't say enough good about that guy, and I'm, gl- I'm glad you agree, Holly. I do. And I was wondering, Casper, if you're still listening, uh, let us know next time when you call in again. Let us know, can we, if we contribute to a county RNC or, uh, you know, the RNC uh, thing, does it have to be the county that we live in? Or can we uh, contribute to other counties and maybe even be allowed to be a part of whatever they're doing um, because I'm thinking that that's how those four um, districts or something like that, um, Jennifer Horn was telling us, I don't know about Jennifer Horn, but anyway, um, she was telling us that there were four counties in California, that totally blue state, that has worked really hard in four different districts, and they were able to get representatives in a Republican uh, you know, Republicans. Yeah, and by the way, national. I saw what you're talking about, and that is uh, apparently there's a really organized and efficient church in this area of California that is ah. really good at getting ballots in and harvested and uh, right in and counted. Excellent. And uh, Excellent. that may have been the difference in uh, mm-hmm. Speaker McCarthy and a, another Speaker Pelosi, is uh, those yes. those four seats that they they were so integral with in California getting them Republican. And so mm-hmm. and I tell you, this this is the way. I mean, this is the yeah. future if the Republicans want to ever get anywhere again and not like just be yeah. suffocating and dying in blue states like we're in, is to understand how this mail in ballot thing works and understand how you have to get those ballots and get them in. I mean, that is the party infrastructure kind of stuff. And the Democrats are masters and virtuosos of all of that. And it's part of why I think they always tout this phrase, democracy, democracy, our democracy, because they know they have an edge with the ballot thing, not necessarily the vote thing and asking for your votes thing and like trying to earn your vote, but just getting that ballot printed and getting it in. Does that make sense? And so that's like the democracy aspect that they're emphasizing with their propaganda. And I think it kind of ties together. And, uh, you know, 52% of uh, Fetterman, Frankenstein's votes in Pennsylvania were mail-in ballots. Um, But you know what? There was something else in that, too. Fetterman turned around, but just before it was pretty clear that he won and Oz lost, um... And he turned around and, and spoke to his wife, and he said, you're going to make a very good senator. Hmm. And so he knows that he's not going to be able to make his term, and he knows that he's going to pass it off to his wife, and she's going to be the but senator. The, the point, that's why though, he didn't stop. The point, uh, no, though, but is, that's is, why he didn't stop. Well, no, I understand, but 
Democrat. The point is, Democrats can elect vegetables. They they can get them in I there. Know, that's they, they, they have I the agree. ballot getting in machine. They have the machine to get ballots in, and they can get a vegetable Biden in, and they can get a vegetable Fetterman in, and uh, Fetterman, you know, and they can. Easy. They don't have to debate the can like Hobbs yeah. in Arizona exactly. didn't even debate Kerry Lake and go down the list yep. of the. Democrat candidates that didn't even campaign, didn't even go out and shake yep. hands, didn't even like go make their case, but they got the ballots in. And yep. And which I is why think it, we well, have to do both. I think we have to do both because well, Republicans yes. are not going to just bo- vote for anybody. They're just not that kind of person. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to double down and work twice as hard. And that's why Casper is so good to help us do this. But I think if we work towards two or three counties that are already leaning hard in that direction of Republican, we could maybe um, repeat what California and I understand Long Island, New York did. And they're the ones that made it possible for Kevin McCarthy to get over the get over the hump. Interesting. And McCarthy's from so, California himself. But oh, one thing that, right? that gets me that. is that. Republicans like have a result in the election they don't like, and then they start even turning more on each other and trying to like play this blame game and conduct an autopsy of what went wrong. And I think they always get it wrong. They always get the autopsy wrong. They always learn the the wrong lessons, and then people go out and like start commentating on it, and then dispirit everybody like to the max about what went wrong when. I do think the way through is to look at this votes versus ballots thing, which we can all get together on, unify the party yeah. on. And by the way, Casper Stockham, the great Casper, just uh, he was listening to you, Holly, and he texted this into studio. And okay. here's the quote. This is Casper. You can donate to any county party you like, but you, yes. would, you would not be able to vote in that county. Okay, so, that's all right. If we can help them, it doesn't matter if we can vote. What do they always say? It doesn't matter how you vote. It matters who counts the vote. And so Stalin. if we help yeah. if we help a county that is leaning hard towards the Republican, like I understand Weld County is and uh, El Paso County is leaning real hard. And if we help Lauren Boebert, you know, so that she can in District 6 or District 3 be able to get somewhere. That's a lot for a blue state. If we get three counties or three groups that can maybe put a Republican in, that's going to be a major, yes. major. A major that Colorado, mail in ballot Colorado, the Republican yeah. Party here can provide a major service to the rest of the day. I think we already have, as the canary in the coal mine, a good example yeah, that of too. don't ever go mail-in ballot. Don't ever do that, okay? Yeah. And here's why we went yeah. from red to blue, um, like Real like whiplash, totally, yeah. okay? <laughs> and um, But maybe Colorado Republicans, somehow the infrastructure, somehow people like Casper Stockham and other people in the party, and there's we have so much energy and so many grassroots people, in spite of it all, in spite of our blueness, yeah. we have like these tough people out there who are going to be looking for answers and looking for ways and finding ways to improve, and we can somehow yeah. provide a service to the nation by figuring out a way to overcome this and deal with this ballots versus votes distinction, which is uh, yeah. which is pivotal. So... Yeah. Um, and if, and if we can do it through churches, that's wonderful because you get to know people. And man, we can do it through Casper, that's the thing. If we if can activate the, the churches, training, holy cow, holy, holy. Yeah.
There we go. We got a little Eric Clapton in his rockabilly phase, lay down Sally. And that's one of those riffs that uh, I heard a little too much as a kid, but I've had a little resurgence on my Clapton the last couple of years, and I, I dig old school Clapton. Where are you on that, Blake? Are you, you, can you handle some Clapton here and there? I'm real old school Clapton. You, you dig Clapton? Yeah. More so cream blind yeah. than Clapton. And he, uh, he sort of uh, earned extra points with me the way he responded to all that COVIDian, lockdown, nightmarish, extreme tyranny stuff. Clapton was having none of it. He was like, hey. And you know who else was having none of that? It was Van Morrison. A few of these rocker, hippie types, you know, were like saying, screw that. Courage. Those aren't your hall monitor kind of people. God bless them. Amen. By the way, I was uh, chatting with Randy Corcoran just now. Again, make sure you're listening to Corcoran's program on Saturday evenings. It's two hours from now. It'll be three hours soon. But uh, Randy was mentioning about, you know, there's, oh, yeah, the hack special counsel just appointed by partisan hack Merrick Garland to go after Trump, like two days after Trump announces he's running for the presidency. Yes, 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 in 2024. And so they seek another phony fraud special counsel thing. And I have a lot of opinions on what's actually going on here, but uh, Jack Smith is going to be the, uh, the special counsel. And they're essentially transferring the work of the House Unselect Committee, the uh, Adam Schiff, Liz Cheney bunch of propaganda. They're shifting that because they don't control the House. They're going to shift all that over to the DOJ, a branch of government they control. And they're confusing the branches of government thing. But this uh, Jack Smith guy says Randy Corpus, the same guy who took out former Virginia governor and strong presidential candidate Bob McDonnell on corruption charges. And then several years later, guess what? Those convictions were overturned in the Supreme Court 9-0, to which means even RBG, St. Holy Ruth Bader Ginsburg, voted against Jack Smith. So he's a hatchet man, and uh, just like Mueller was, just like the impeachments were, just like Vindman was, there's gonna be, it's going to be brutal. But anytime you're a threat to the establishment, you're going to face that brutal treatment. That's just the way it goes. And to save the country, it's not easy. And I, you know... If there's other people around that make me convinced that they can save this country, I'll get excited. But DeSantis and all of his Ken Griffin open borders, military industrial complex money, and all the other rhino candidates out there and the Pence snake stuff, I'm not getting excited about anyone else yet. But uh, maybe callers can give me reasons, but oh man, I'm excited about Trump running again. We have a chance to take on the three-letter agencies, the corruption of our ruling class, the corruption of our deep state. And Trump has learned an awful lot of lessons. He has. He knows who the traitors are. He knows who the backstabbers are. And personnel, personnel, personnel is something he answered a question with about what's going to be different in the next term. Anyway, uh, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, back on Twitter. Hallelujah. Let there be free speech. Let it ring. Let there be a First Amendment in this country. And I had a little uh, thought I thought I might work into another, like, thoughtful little segment here. Um, Minds on propaganda, you know? Can you imagine a mind on crack, a mind on drugs? Can you imagine a mind on propaganda? 
This is one of my specialties, decoding propaganda in this propaganda blizzard world we live in. But if I may adopt a little metaphor, yesterday I spent uh, the entire day, um, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., sitting at the Thornton Veterans Aquatic Center for this big, huge uh, swim meet competition where, you know, a lot of the best swimmers around, they come in and they swim on some of these year-round swim teams. And uh, I had to be there all day, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Because <clears throat> my 8-year-old, my 10-year-old, my 11-year-old were all swimming in this competition. And the age groups start, like you start with the 8-year-olds, then you go to the you go 8 and under, then you go 9 and 10, then you go 11 and 12. And so, and I mean, if you ever sat at a swim meet, like you sit for an hour, and then your kid swims. <laughs> then you sit for an hour, then your kid swims. And um, anyway, but I found it quite fascinating to watch all these amazingly talented swimmers out there, these young kids, the youth of Colorado, real athletes. I I mean, I'm I'm staggeringly impressed. But I will say, I spent 12 hours, and I had to kind of like sit in one spot, one chair, like for 12 hours. And that's a long time. And it's like there's no sunlight, there's artificial light, and you're indoors. Luckily, it was an indoor pool because it was like 18 degrees outside. And I was like, you know, you had this weird thing, like you start out at 7, and then the, the whole day goes by, and you're, like, detached from the weather. You're detached from sunlight. You're detached from, like, nature and reality. And you live in, like, this strange, artificial, human bubble, man-made bubble. And uh, it, you know, not that I was, like, going crazy, <laughs> but I was just observing that it's, like, different. I mean, it's, it's really weird to sit in one spot for 12 hours in this, like, artificial light environment. And, again, I loved it. Do I have to say that again? I loved it. It was a blast. And it was so fun. And my kids did so well. They, they can actually swim. And they didn't get it from me. So, good job, Mom, on the jeans there. Anyway, I think um, it's not too much of a stretch to compare that artificial reality that I experienced all day yesterday to um, minds on propaganda, to human minds that are becoming detached from nature and that are constantly getting inputted information from screens. And you know what I mean, like screens and televisions and your devices, and like you're always getting like inputted on like current events and stuff, and you're constantly getting propaganda, 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 and like people who, uh, very few people actually control the memes and the the data points that get into your mind um, for, for, for especially some people who don't know how to navigate or detach themselves from the power narratives, okay, that are, that are out there, which are designed, again, almost all media is designed to increase the power of the powerful. The people in power produce media and propaganda to bolster and increase their power and to control the population, to control the minds of the population and keep them in their gulags. Now, <clears throat> a lot of uh, a lot of minds are living in this fake man-made world of device propaganda, and there's a lot of uh, it's deeply unnatural. And the example I was thinking, like, imagine you're not living in an actual forest, but imagine you think you're living in a painting of a forest. And then I thought, well, it's not really like that. Um, but do you, you know that painting called The Scream by Edvard Munch, the great Norwegian painter? I went to an Edvard Munch exhibit some time ago. And he has this really famous painting called The Scream. It's of this, like, disembodied head with, like, a shrieking face. And he's got his hands up around his chin. And it's called The Scream. And 
it's like this this kind of weird postmodernist alarm, unhappy man who is screaming because he's trapped in this like bizarre reality, and um, he's just screaming because he he doesn't know how to get out, and s- things are just not right. And like it, I think so many people who are their minds on property, they're like trapped in that painting, the scream. And say say you're living in like this this fake reality, this unreality. Um, I think you get um, your mind gets constricted, and a constricted mind, you start. It's a limited sphere. It's like limited ranges and limited variables and limited possibilities. Um, you have such a, a narrow range of variables that present themselves to you, and it's like I think a lot of minds like this. They, they're claustrophobic, but they don't really consciously realize it. So they start manifesting symptoms of claustrophobia, but without realizing they're claustrophobic and they're locked in this, like, fake world created by power people to control them. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And so I think people get oddly emotional. They get strangely emo- they, they start getting jerky, twitchy, angry, outraged. They lash out and because they're in this claustrophobic, uh, fake world, and again, they don't really realize it. And I wasn't doing that at the pool. I was not sitting there at the pool watching women like lashing out. <laughs> but I'm just making a metaphor here, right? I was having fun. I was smiling. I was happy the whole day. But um, I think so many human minds these days are getting really constricted. And it has this like curious effect on their emotions. And I think that really does affect like our political discourse and our understanding of politics. And you have too many people who are who are trapped and don't realize it and um, I guess I'm saying they need to get out more. Go out and, like, walk in the woods. and You know, go out and walk in the snow. Get those skis on. Get the snowshoes on. You know, get, get, get stuff going. Get out there. See the sun. Sunrise, sunset. Go count the stars at night. You've you got to break out of this fake world that modern man and woman lives in. Break out of that scream. Break out of the claustrophobia. Be right back. There we go. Coming back with our sacred number tonight on Backbone Radio. Hope you've had a sacred Sunday across Colorado and the globe. We have all kinds of countries listening to our podcast every week, and I'm so honored by that. And I do think one thing, if you do it right, faith, if you do it right, faith can help you break out of that constricted, man-made propaganda cycle. Oh, yes. Freedom. There is freedom in faith. If you do it right, if you do it right, it's a, it's a tricky thread. You know what I mean? And Dwight Yoakam's hold on to God and not the way of the world. I do think that brings that home. Does it not a little bit? Break out! Break out of that Edvard Munch scream. Break out of this propaganda cycle. That's uh, one of my missions. One of the things that, to the extent that I do any preaching around here... That's what I advise. Faith and freedom is a big part of all of that. And again, uh, yeah, we talked about hall monitors and hall monitor mindset, which is a species of mental constriction related to minds on propaganda. Again, so many people, they get up and they spend their days on devices, and they're constantly getting device input, device input, and they, that's their world. Like poor host Don sitting there at the pool all day long indoors, no light changing, no sunlight, no nothing, no windows. 
and people live that way. And um, it's, uh, it's unnatural. Let's get back to a more natural style of living. You know, the Amish. I think the Amish, they, you know, they don't have these problems. I think those people are a lot more normal. They certainly got their faith. That is true. But by the way, of course, we talked about Jack Smith, the new special counsel, going after Trump. You see, they have to, they can't just let Trump run for office and get reinstated. On, they have to have some kind of a fake construct for the ruling class to protect themselves. And so Jack Smith, the hatchet man, shows up. And of course, the media is going to do the same stuff they always do. They're going to make a big deal out of it. But just keep this in mind. Trump is the most investigated individual on this planet in history. And they've never found something that was bad that he actually did. And if they looked into Biden for even two seconds, that guy would be gone. Okay? You see how it works, right? But uh, Trump said this the other night. People are corrupt, and yet they go after innocent people under the guise of legitimacy. Over the years, I've given millions and millions of pages of documents, tax returns, and everything else. And they have found nothing, which means I've proven to be one of the most honest and innocent people ever in our country. Larry knows that. They got Absolutely everything. right. And they're going back to the well again. And I'll tell you, people are like sighing. Even Democrats are sighing on this. And once again, if they really thought Trump had no chance of winning, he was never going to win, they would want him to run. They would encourage him to run. They would say, great, run. Oh, yeah. But no, they have to try to stop it. They have to, like, use all of their little power tools, their little corrupt power tools and their corrupt little three-letter agencies to come after him. You see how that works, people? And here's Merrick Garland announcing it. The Department of Justice has long recognized that in certain extraordinary cases, it is in the public interest to appoint a special prosecutor to independently manage an investigation and prosecution. Based on recent developments, including the former president's announcement that he is a candidate for president in the next election, and the sitting president's stated intention to be a candidate as well, I have concluded that it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. Oh, what a load of complete BS from the grievous partisan hack Merrick Garland who, by the way, Mitch McConnell wanted to be the director of the FBI. You see that? Good old rhino Mitch wanted Merrick Garland to be the FBI director. How pathetic is Mitch McConnell? I don't want to live in a world where the Republican Party is ruled by people like Mitch McConnell. No, there's got to be another way. There's got to be a way out. And he is, by the way, poll data says, the most unpopular politician in America in a close race with Nancy Pelosi for least popularity rankings. And remember, Trump is the most popular politician. It has the highest favorables of any politician in the United States of America, Harvard-Harris poll. <laughs> far more than Biden, far more than Kamala Harris. Maybe that's why they're afraid. Maybe that's why they have to try to stop him, see? Oh, yeah, but the hall monitors, they're gonna, they, they want the McConnell world. They want the permanent wars in, like, Ukraine and Iraq and everywhere kind of world. They want the hall monitors think that somehow they're going to get rewarded if they, if they talk that way and maintain the Republican Party establishment, which has no constituency, which has no support. Okay. Now, um, Trump does respond after uh, – he responds, by the way, to, uh, to this little scenario of the special counsel. I've been going through these investigations and hoaxes and scams from the day I came down the escalator at Trump Tower. And you'd really say enough is enough. 
Got to get back to work. Got to prove that we have a great country again, because right now it's not great. Right now it's a laughing stock all over the world. And we sort of all had it. The people of the country have had it. Joe Biden is a corrupt and incompetent political hack. And you take a look at all of the money that he's taken from foreign countries and others, much of it through his son, Hunter, who is a corrupt drug addict and implementer for his father. Where's their special prosecutor, by the way? Where's their special? They said when I announced I had to do this. Well, he announced, too. He said he wants to run. Where's their special prosecutor? And we are innocent. They are not innocent by any stretch of the imagination. They have the proof right out there for all to see. They left the exact blueprint of much of the criminal activity is done on his laptop from hell, they call it. The laptop from hell, which was gotten inadvertently, but luckily for America, when he incredibly left it at the repair shop to be fixed. That was not a good day. That was not a good leave. I wonder if the father was upset about it. He may not have understood the meaning. Did he understand that that was not good? Because he said he's the smartest person I've ever known. Right? He's, Hunter's the smartest person I've ever known. A lot of people shook their heads at that one. Does everybody remember the billion dollars of USA funds paid to Ukraine under the condition that they get rid of the prosecutor? That prosecutor's got to be fired. Remember that? Nothing gets done. Why isn't there a special counsel being set up for them, tremendous corruption. They're corrupt people. They're criminals. Yeah. And so people who say, oh, no, the hall monitors say, oh, no, Trump's going to be indicted by Jack Smith. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, whatever. It's going to backfire on them. Yeah. OK. So they're going to do an indictment. Yeah. Well, guess what? They've done two impeachments already. They did the whole Mueller, Russia, Russia hoax. They've done every other hoax in the book they could possibly think of. And yeah, my response to all of that is whatever. These are desperate and they are corrupt people. And they are sitting on a powder keg of their own corruption in Ukraine and elsewhere. The CIA run Ukraine going back decades over there. Yeah. Bigger picture, though, folks. Trump is the only individual who has stood up to the global world order people. Listen to Macron from Francais saying this. He wants a new world order. Are you on the U.S. and the Chinese side? Because now, progressively, a lot of people would like to see there, there are two orders in this world. This is a huge mistake. Even for both the U.S. and China, we need a single global order. We need a single global order, <laughs> says the Frenchman Macron, the World Economic Forum disciple of Klaus Schwab, the villain. We are facing a situation where, ladies and gentlemen, the big money, the big multinationals, the World Economic Forum kind of people who have made alliances with Macron and Biden and Trudeau up in Canada, they want you to own nothing, live in a pod and eat bugs. That's the future they want for you. That's their new communist Marxist approach to the future, and they use the environment to back it all up. Yeah. Only one person has been able to stand up to all of that, that dark, dark dystopian future. Saddle Pals, it's been great fun. Thanks for the calls, for the text. Thank you, Blake. We'll see you next Sunday. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.